Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 266 of the Alessia Sherman podcast. Today, we're talking about the Batman Book Club bracket. So it's Bracketology on Tig Show. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's just me by myself, but it'll be fun. Trust me. All right, so today we're going to skip kind of the TIG, uh, TikTok segments, just me by myself, and I got a hard out here in about 45 minutes, so it's just going to be me, and uh, like I said, we're just going to go through this this bracket I found from the Batman Book Club. It's a Twitter account I saw, and uh, it was interesting and for several reasons, but I thought, you know, it's fun to talk artists, it's fun to talk my favorite artists, um, and um, yeah, it'd just be fun. So I do have a drink here, and this, I went to a place here in, in Phoenix called uh, King's Beer and Wine, which was recommended to me originally by Mike Banks from Samurai Comics. And so I go there occasionally. It's real close to my house when I just need a single can or something. So I was there yesterday and decided I want to kind of cut back on my beer a little bit, my beer intake. So I was looking at the ciders and I was explaining to my son who was with me that I can't stand kombucha. And the lady who works there uh, came over and told me that this company, Bad Booch, doesn't really taste like kombucha at all. And so she was vouching for it. So I decided to give it a try. I went with the grapefruit because I was hoping it would taste kind of like a sour, you know, like a fruit sour beer a little bit. So I got a Bad Booch grapefruit hard kombucha, which I'm sure I'm not going to like, but I got it anyways. Um, it's vegan, so you know it's got uh, pinions, uh, gluten-free, so it's not going to hurt my tum-tums. Brewed in Arizona by a group of friends who aspire to live a more intentional life, a life fueled by passion, elevated by gratitude, and sustained by wellness. We at Bad Boots are all about living a healthy lifestyle, but what is life without a little fun? All we do is add a little bad into your booch. Let's get after it, booches. Okay, uh, 6%. I didn't know it was local, but we're going to give it a shot. One hundred percent tastes like kombucha. <clears throat> Rough. All right, so I got this. Um, I got this bracket here. That uh, let me try to share my screen here for people that are watching this. If you go to uh, super seventy five studios.substack.com, that's my Substack, and you can watch video versions of the podcast there. Um, so if you're watching it, I'm going to share my screen here, and we're going to uh, kind of go through the first round or so together. All right, so there you see you have the bracket. It's from the Batman Book Club. Like I said, I saw them on Twitter. I don't know who retweeted it or how it came across my feed. Who knows anything about Twitter anymore? But you can see, just looking at the bracket, they have 32 artists up here. It's a typical bracket format, although I don't think they, the people who put this bracket together really understand sports that well because, you know, they kind of have, you know, some guys in the same bracket. They have Greg Capullo up against Sean Murphy in the first round. You know, that's not really how seeding works, you know, in my mind, but uh, we're going to we're going to go through it. That's fine. It, it's no big deal. I'm not going to be too hard on these people. But one thing I will say right from the jump is that this bracket in and of itself is flawed straight from the jump because there's no Dan Mora. 
there's no uh, Lee Weeks. And even though he hasn't, uh, I don't think officially worked on a Batman book, he draws enough Batman sketches that Chris Samney should be on anyone's list of, of best Batman artists, again, even though he's never had a run. Uh, but yeah, the answer to this bracket is Lee Weeks, and Lee Weeks is not even on the bracket. So I don't know who put this together, but I'm going to play by their rules. I'm nothing if not a conformist, so I'm going to play by their rules, and we're going to try to get this done. Uh, like I said, the Batman Book Club bracket, greatest Batman artist. This is all subjective. Let's just go ahead and say the greatest Batman artist of these 32 names listed. And I'm going to go just based off my own sort of... The way I'm the way I'm judging these is who I would want to read a Batman comic by today, not not who I read who I loved on Batman books in the 1980s or the 1990s. It's if who of these who of these creators, you know, they're not all alive, obviously, but of these creators, who would I who would be interested in reading a Batman book from now? You know, and to be honest, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm even interested in reading a Batman book anymore. Like currently, right, right now, I think I need a little break. You know, Batman's everywhere. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to color him when Scott drew uh, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. We we're lucky enough to have Batman in that book. Not enough Batman, if you ask me. Um, but that's because I was working on it. Now that I'm not working on a book that I can color Batman on, let's go ahead and take a break from Batman. Unless, of course, someone wants to hire me and put me on a Batman book. DC editors, who I'm sure are listening to this podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, you should also be listening to my other podcast, which is called Oh Yeah, That's Great. And it's on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify listener, check out Oh Yeah, That's Great. It's a music podcast I do with my friend Bill. It's awesome. I love it. Be sure to check it out. If you're at the comic book store, pick up the Shazam Fury of the Gods special that's out right now. I guess the movie's out as well. No interest in seeing the movie, but pick up the comic. Scott drew some pages in it. It's cool. Scott's great. We all love him. Okay, so here's your bracket. You got uh, 32 artists facing off. We're going to get to who's the best on this bracket. Again, the answer is Lee Weeks. He's not on this bracket. All right, so now that we have the bracket and everyone's seen the bracket, let's move on to round one, which is Jim Lee versus Clay Mann. Um, hang on one second. Jim Lee versus Clay Mann. Okay, so I am a, I am a Clay Mann fan. I mean, I'm also a Jim Lee fan, obviously. Uh, but to me, Jim peaks, peaks for me personally in the 90s on X-Men. Um, it, it's kind of tricky doing these kind of shows when you're a comic book creator and a comic book artist. And some of these guys are, I mean, most of them are, I wouldn't even call them my peers because they're so far ahead of me in the grand scheme of comics. But uh, we're all in the same profession. So you don't want to ever really want to, I'm not saying, saying anything bad about these. This is all personal preference at this time in my life. I think I would rather see, this is going to sound crazy, I think I'd rather see a Clay Man drawn Batman book than a, than a Jim Lee Batman book. I would love nothing more than Jim Lee to return to the X-Men. I'm a Marvel kid through and through. Grew up a Marvel guy. Jim Lee X-Men is the book that cemented my love really for comics and especially for the X-Men. Um, so as much as it's insane for me to say, Jim Lee goes out in the first round of my bracket to... Um, to uh to clay man and i know that's insane i know that's crazy but that's just what it is for me uh okay coming up next i think we have david mazzuccelli against graham nolan um obviously mazzuccelli drew batman year one which we did on this podcast once 
I think Scott and I did like a book club, Batman Year One book club, I believe. Um, Graham Nolan is one of those guys who he was drawing the books when I was, you know, delving, you know, dipping my toe into Batman books in the 90s. Uh, he just never really did much for me. Uh, he's solid, though. I mean, like, he's a solid draftsman and he can draw comics. But, you know, back in the day, for me, it didn't, you know, I was an image, I was an image kid. And he was just kind of like old school in my mind. He was old school even then. Um, but I mean, I, I do. I'm not against Graham Nolan in any personal way. But for me, Mazzucchelli has to take this, um, just because he's Mazzucchelli and he drew Batman Year One. So yeah, put Graham Nolan on like a, I don't know, put him on like a a Robin book or an Outsiders book, something like that. But uh, David Mazzucchelli for me rounds out this. You know this 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 bracket right here, this one right here. Oh, this is gonna be a pain in my butt. I can already tell. All right, so next we have Jason Fabuk against Fabuk Fabuk against David Finch. Um, you know, I I don't really have like any. Uh, what's going on here? Okay, we're gonna hope that works. I don't have anything against either one of these creators. I'm not a huge uh, Fabuk guy or Finch guy. Uh, David Finch to me kind of comes out of that Mark Silvestri school, and I really like Mark Silvestri as a guy. So I think I got to give the, uh, the 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 win here to David Finch. But uh, Jason Fabuk, he's fine. He's perfectly a, a good creator. There's really nothing uh, nothing wrong with his Batman. Other than I'm just I'm leaning towards David Finch in this round. Me personally. Uh, but yeah, keep, keep, uh, Jason Fabric in the, in the Batman family. He's obviously a Batman guy. People love him. Why not? Uh, the example I pulled here has the yellow symbol, which we're not going to get into that, but, uh, you know, that's something else. Um, okay. Let's see. Next up you got, uh, Jose Luis, Jose Luis Garcia, Garcia Lopez against Dick Giordano. Pardon me here. I'm, I'm, I'm managing three windows here at any given time, maybe four occasionally. So that's why I'm kind of all over the map here. But yeah, uh, Jose Luis, Luis Garcia Lopez, who I once stood next to and looked at a Kirby uh, artist edition uh, at in uh, at Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, there for Heroes Con. I didn't. I, I wasn't aware who he was until uh, Ron Salas. <laughs> told me who he was and then i felt uh, like i always feel because i don't know any any artists i felt like a dummy you know if we're being honest uh, against dick giordano they're both classic 70s batman for me um so this again this is just kind of a toss-up both of these guys are are uh, really really good draftsmen and and you know they're what comics when i look at bashy back issues of comics from the 70s this is what comics look like to me uh, but for this i went with dick giordano it's just more of a classic sort of Robin, classic uh, Batman to me. Uh, a little less stylized, but maybe just more of what I picture in my head when I picture old Batman comics. Um, so, yeah, next up we have two other uh, old school creators. We have Jim Aparo and Carmine Infantino. I guess Jim Aparo is more late 70s, 80s. Uh, Carmine Infantino is uh, obviously a little older. Uh, more sort of Silver Age. Again, this whole show is me just showing my ignorance when it comes to Silver Age uh, and Bronze Age creators. 
Um, and on this one, I, I just went with, uh, you know, I just went with Aparo. I'm more familiar with his work. Sort of has that Norm Brayfogle thing going on. Uh, sort of has, again, a little more stylized, a little more modern to me. And, you know, I've always, you know, I've always been attracted to more modern kind of art styles and less sort of uh, tried and true, just pure draftsmanship. I want a little flair with mine, whether it's, whether it's the right answer or the wrong answer, you know, I'm a, I'm a Rob Liefeld kid. I love Rob's stuff. So, you know, you can see where I'm leaning in a lot of these decisions, you know, here in the first round of the Batman book club bracket, you know, I'm going with, with more stylized guys for the most part. Uh, next up we have um, Bob Kane and Sheldon Moldoff. You'd have to, I, if someone held a gun to my head and, and Nate made me name 32 Batman artists, Sheldon Moldoff would not come to mind. Um, but again, Bob Kane, I mean, that's that's the first appearance of Batman, essentially. And yeah, I, I don't want to get into it. I'm going with Sheldon Moldoff here. He takes he takes the cake here. Another classic Batman sort of, uh, you know, classic 70s Batman when I picture in my head. Uh, next up, we got two guys, Kelly Jones and Matt Wagner. Matt Wagner, I know through his Grindle work. Uh, Kelly Jones, I definitely know through his Batman work. Um, Kelly Jones, he he might push Batman as far. He's, he pushes Batman the way like McFarlane and, and Larson pushed Spider-Man. Kelly Jones and Sam Keith were two guys who pushed Batman into these weird like anatomical contortions and proportions and just more style than it was all about the style back then. And for me, this is, this is kind of an easy win because when I think of when I think of Matt Wagner, I think of Grendel. And when I think of uh, Kelly Jones, I think of Batman. So it's just kind of a, this one's an easy one for me, even though both are amazing creators. Uh, Kelly Jones gets the, gets the bump here. And then next up again, whoever put this bracket together, you can't have Frank Miller versus Jock in the first, in the first round. I mean, come on guys, what are you, what are we doing? What are we even doing here? So we have Frank Miller against Jock. Um, this one was kind of tough for me because I really like Jock, especially his covers. I think he's one of the better cover artists, especially for Batman. Um, but uh, 80s Frank Miller, I mean, he is Batman in the 80s, right? It's, it's Frank Miller um, writing and drawing. And so in this first round matchup, I, I picked uh, Frank Miller on the, on, the, on the conceit that it's 80s Frank Miller. You know, if you're saying, who do I want to draw a book? Currently in 2023, uh, a jock, of course. But if I could get 80s Frank Miller in a current Batman book, I would take that. So, and you got to go, you just, there's a historical pre uh, precedence here that it's got to be Frank Miller. That's just, there's, there's no other way around it. Um, so, there we go with that one. Next up, now going to the other side of the bracket. We have Neil Adams against Gene Colan. Uh, so another one, again, these, this just looks like 70s and early 80s Batman's comics comics to me. They don't really, it's like a toss-up. They're both very good artists. They both, you know, have a, they bring forth uh, memories for me of like the smell of the paper, the, the reading these comics these big like 80 page giants where I probably read a lot of these stories and that kind of stuff. 
Um, so this is kind of really a toss-up for me. I'm going with with uh, Gene Colan just because uh, Neil Adams. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of those dudes who loves Neil Adams. I guess. I mean, he's really he's really talented, and I like that he pushes. Uh, he's a good draftsman, but he still has some style in there. But uh, Gene Colan has has it all there, and he, uh, he he's got this for me. You know, again, who am I? I'm nobody. My opinion does not matter. But if you're listening to this, then my opinion matters greatly. All right, next up, Brian Bolland against Marshall Rogers. Marshall Rogers, another guy who I knew the name, but if I came across his work and didn't didn't have it explained to me, I wouldn't know who it was. Um, I don't think of <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think of Brian Bolland as being a Batman artist. I don't really think of Brian Bolland as being an interior artist. I guess, but uh, you know. To me, he's mostly known for covers, but when you have this matchup, I feel like they're they're begging for you to pick Brian Bolland when you when you're doing this. You got to get a Silver Age guy um, against you know essentially a modern master. And if I remember correctly, I think Brian Bolland originally did a lot of his inking digitally using like a mouse, like dudes like a madman, early adopter of digital technology, early adopter of um, being a digital comic book artist. Uh, but for me, it's Brian Bolland on this. And it's pretty easy for me personally. Next up, Alex Ro- Alex Ross against Dustin Wynn. Hang on, let me take another sip of this horrible drink. Now, if you're a listener of the podcast, you know that I'm not a huge fan. Oh, that's terrible. I'm not a huge fan of uh, realistic comics because to me, realistic comics what's the point of reading a comic book if it's just going to look like a painting, right? Or if it's just going to look like a movie still, what's the point? What are you getting out of comics that you can't get in any other, you know, any other medium, right? Comics should be special. Comics should be different. Comics should be unique. So as much as most people are going to be like, Oh my God, how do you, how do you knock Alex Ross out in the first round? It's not his fault. And I think kingdom come is an amazing series. I'm a huge fan of kingdom come. But to me, I'll take a guy who can who can cartoon and draw like Dustin Wynn um, over over a book that looks super realistic, you know, any day of the week. While again, double downing, you know, again, just saying that. Um, sorry, again, repeating myself that Kingdom Come is a masterful book. Good Lord. And um, I'm going with Dustin Wynn. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. My, my Discord's blowing up all of a sudden. Getting all these notifications. It's distracting me. I don't have anyone to bounce off of. Doing these doing these podcasts by myself is difficult. It's tough. So thanks for sitting in there with me, guys. I waited too long last week to get, to get a partner on here. And uh, Scott's still catching up with work. And uh, spring break, all sorts of stuff going on. It's tough to find time, which is why I'm recording Monday's podcast a day and a half late. Dustin Wynn moves on. Alex Ross. Uh, yeah, let's do some covers. Let's revisit maybe some uh, some Kingdom Come stuff. All right, next round is Lee Bermejo against Tony Daniel. Um, again, Bermejo to me falls in uh, that category of just being a, a really amazing draftsman and stuff like that, but it leans a little too realistic for me. And I'm the guy who wants comics to look like they looked when I was a kid. I want comics to be cartoonish and push, 
push the boundary stylistically and, you know, be a little weird if they can. So Tony Daniel wins this. I was always a big fan of like, uh, he had the 10th, he had a bunch of, uh, was it F4, F5, something like that. Some weird title to a comic. He was doing some creator own stuff in the nineties that I always dug. So, uh, Tony Daniel for me moves on next up classic, classic eighties and nineties, Batman artist, Norm Brayfogle, uh, very stylized kind of, uh, very unique. No one really drew like Norm Brayfogle. He kind of did his own thing, does his own thing. Um, and, uh, oh, he might have passed. Did he pass? Maybe does is the right term there. Sorry, guys. Research, research, and being cramped for time don't go well together. Uh, but we got Norm Brayfogle against Jerry Robinson. Jerry Robinson's another guy, just super old school, 60s guy. Uh, golden age, silver age kind of artist. For me, this is a no-brainer. I have so many Norm Brayfogle Batman comics. At the time when he was when I was reading those, and I was also looking at like image comics and Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, I used to be like, uh, oh, Norm Brayfogle's okay, but he's not as exciting as these guys. And now looking back on it, man, Norm Brayfogle, some of these comics are just stellar. And I and I talked to other creators and they they dig Brayfogle, you know. And uh, so do I. And I think he's grown on me. And he's grown. I think his his reputation has grown. He's he's getting his he's getting his due. I think the kids say that he's getting his flowers, right? That's something the kids say now. Uh, but yeah, Norm Bray Brayfogle moves on here. Next up, we have Bruce Tim against George Perez. Uh, I've said on the show in the past, George Perez again. Highly, highly, highly well-regarded artist. Very, very good. He can draw anything. He has drawn everything. But for me, he doesn't really, I don't, it doesn't capture the magic for me. It just doesn't do it for me personally. Again, I'm a jerk, whatever. Who am I? You know, who am I to judge any artist, really? This is just my opinion on what I would like to read. And for me, all day long, it's Bruce Tim. I think the the Batman, the animated series, the, the that version of Batman is ingrained in everyone in my generation's mind as being one of the Batmans. He's the Dark Knight kind of. Um, so for me, Bruce Tim takes this uh, rather handedly. Of, of course, again, George Perez, amazing dude. Um, next up, we have two modern guys who, again, I mentioned earlier, putting these guys up against each other. This is like putting Frank Miller and Jock in the first round against each other. This is a late round matchup. You don't have Greg Capullo against Greg Capullo against uh, Sean Murphy in the first round. What are you doing? What are you doing, dum dums? Uh, so yeah, Greg Capullo. He does. Uh, you know, he's probably in the last decade the most widely regarded Batman artist. Um, Sean Murphy kind of has carved his own niche. You know, in Batman lore. And for a while, Sean Murphy was one of my favorite creators. You know, maybe like uh, eight, nine years ago, I was in love with this stuff. Just uh, he's really doing really doing some fun stuff. Uh, Greg Capullo, I mean, I've loved his stuff since X-Force. You know, I would love to see him back at Marvel doing uh, X-Force stuff again, you know, or X-Men stuff. He just has a, sort of a a new classic style for me. It's just he just he gets comics. He draws comics the way like Stuart Eamon and draws comics. He's a comic artist. Greg Capullo is a comic artist. Greg Capullo moves on for me. Uh, next up, we have Tim Sale against Dick Spring. Uh, I was never someone who read a lot, read any of the Tim Sale books, and so it doesn't. Tim Sale really doesn't do much for me personally. Um, Dick Spring again also doesn't do much for me personally as well before my time. 
But, uh, you know, I'm leaning uh, Dick Spring here just because just classic. I got to get one classic guy into round two, right? I, was, I, I mean, I got Dick Giordano, but another guy, this side of the bracket, we got to get a classic dude into round two. Um, I did get uh, Gene Colon in there, but, yeah, I'm just getting Dick Spring's moving on. He's got a, got a fun Kirby-esque thing going on here. I appreciate it. So that's that. That's the first round. So, all right, so now we're going into round two, the Sweet 16. In the first round of the Sweet 16, we got Clayman, who huge upset against Jim Lee, going up against David Mazzuccelli. This is a, this is another insane thing. Uh, difficult decision for me. Like I said, I'm really enjoying what Clayman's doing right now. He he drew the Heroes in Crisis a couple of years ago that I uh, I really enjoyed the the art on that, and uh, he just does fun stuff. I like what he's doing. He's kind of a mix of maybe like a Jim Lee style guy. And maybe like if he took a Jim Lee and like a Brian Hitch and kind of mashed them together, you might get a Clayman. And uh, I'm into that. David Mazzuccelli, I really like too. There's a, a couple guys working right now, coming up right now that that kind of do this style um, of art. And I just think me at my age right now, if I'm going to read a Batman comic, I would be more inclined to pick up a Batman comic drawn in the style of a Clayman. So I'm going to have to let Clayman move on, which I know is as so many of you out there write me off right now you're you're ripping your headphones out you're you're destroying your iPhones please don't do that just because just because of me don't do that come on you're being silly now um next up we got uh we got David Finch against Dick Giordano um I mentioned earlier David Finch to me is more of like a, it comes from the Mark Silvestri school kind of a Jim Lee Mark Silvestri school of guys um, the more I look at Dick Giordano's work, it's just classic comics. It it, it it's it kind of warms me. It cuddles me. You know, it's like a hug. Um, so this is tough. And again, people, you, you, depending on which side of the fence you land on this, it, it, I don't think there's anyone that's gonna. It's gonna be. It's not. This is gonna be an easy, clear cut. If you're a modern comics guy, you're gonna want David Finch. If you're an old school comics guy, you're gonna want Dick Giordano. I went with Dick Giordano. Moving on. Again, not super familiar with with either of their work, especially their Batman work, but just from what I've seen and, and where I'm leaning at this point in my life, at this stage of my life, I went with Dick Giordano in that matchup. Next up, the next matchup in the Sweet 16, we got Jim Aparo against Sheldon Moldoff. The, the, uh, this is the old heads group, the old heads matchup. Both these dudes are just on bad knees. And just like toughing it out, you know, a 60-minute game, killing them, or 48-minute game, whatever basketball is, who cares? Um, Jim Aparo versus Sheldon Moldoff. I'm going with Jim Aparo. He's moving on. He's associated with Batman. People know his name. People know his work. He's moving on to the Elite Eight. James Jimmy Aparo. Next up, we have Kelly Jones. Stylized Kelly Jones against 1980s Frank Miller. Two distinct styles. Two guys very much associated with Batman. Uh, again, I i mean, uh, Kelly Jones might be, well, if you say his name, people are going to be like Batman. That's essentially what's going to come to mind. Frank Miller, you get Sin City, you get Daredevil, but mostly Dark Knight Returns. So both of these dudes, this is a tough battle. Back and forth, you know, it, it's going, it might go into extra time for a lot of people. Uh, but for me, the clear winner is Frank Miller here, especially 80s Frank Miller. Um so, yeah, he moves on to the Elite Eight, Mr. Franklin, James Miller. 
All right, on the other side of the bracket, we have uh, four more matchups. We have uh, Gene Colon against Brian Bolland. Again, I don't, I don't really associate Brian Bolland with being a Batman guy, but sure, whatever. Uh, if he's going up against Gene Colon, me being kind of a modern dude, obviously, look at my haircut. Um, I'm going to go with Brian Bolland over Gene Colon. Um, Bolland. And uh, again, I'm, I'm just amazed at how he works and, and how quickly he jumped into digital and how kind of rock solid he is in that in that field as well. And he draws a nice Batman. So sure, let's do it. Uh, next up, we have Dustin Wynn against Tony Daniel. A um, little tough here. I, I, I know Tony Daniel's been doing a lot more Batman stuff, like maybe in the next decade, in the last decade. Dustin Wynn's done more creator-owned stuff with uh, Jeff Lemire. Lemire, if you're nasty. Um, so this is kind of a, a toss-up here. Uh, I like both dudes. I did get to hang out with Dustin Wynn once. He wouldn't remember that, but that's okay. I remember that. Uh, so Dustin Wynn moves on over Tony Daniel, even though I like both guys a lot. Uh, Dustin Wynn moves on to the Elite Eight. All right, next up, we have Norm Brayfogle, Batman artist extraordinaire, maybe along with Kelly Jones, most associated with Batman throughout their whole career. Um, and it's uh, Norm Brayfogle against Bruce Timm. And, man, Brayfogle just ran into a freight train right here. That's the problem. That's the Sometimes Sometimes you're Duke and you run into a Gonzaga, you know, and, and what are you going to do? Like, it's a tough game and there's just nothing you can do about it. Um, Bruce Timm's going to take this, even though uh, I do like Norm Brayfogle. And I've seriously considered he has some very affordable pages I've seen out on, on the websites, uh, Norm Brayfogle does, you know, on the, on the internets. Uh, and at one point, I'm going to pull the trigger on a Norm Brayfogle page. It might not be a Batman page, but uh, I, I'm, he's, he's grow the older I get, the more he grows on me and the more his uh, particular style of cartooning grows on me. Um, but Bruce Tim is going to take this one here. And then the last matchup here, we have uh, in, of the Sweet 16 round, we have Greg Capullo taking on Dick Sprang, and it's a blowout. I mean, this is a. This is a classic 12 seed against a first seed, but not when it's an upset, but when it's a blowout. And uh, Greg Capullo just steamrolls. Capullo steamrolls Dick Sprang. Sorry to say, Mr. Sprang. Um, into the, the Elite Eight. So here we go. We have Clay Mann. We have Dick Giordano. We have Jim Aparo. We have Frank Miller. We have Brian Bolland. We have Dustin Wynn. We have Bruce Tim, and we have Greg Capullo. A couple Capullo, couple strong matches. I don't know why I always mispronounce Greg's name. Capullo. There we are. All right. So in the first round of the Elite Eight, Clay Mann against Dick Giordano. This is where Dick Giordano just runs out of steam. You know, he's the he's the little school out of like some conference I've never heard of, like the Appalachian or something like that. And he just he he runs into you know a powerhouse. Uh, U of A team or something here, and uh, Clayman moves on. And who would have thought, being coming out of the first round against Jim Lee, that Clayman would be the first team into the Final Four? It, it, not me. I mean, I'm the one who filled out the bracket, so I knew ahead of time before I'm recording right now. But if I wouldn't have known, you wouldn't have known that starting out. Not me, at least. All right, next up we have Jim Aparo and Frank Miller, two guys known for Batman. Just known for Batman, but again, Jim Aparo, Mike, a lot like uh, Dick Giordano. He's going to run out of steam here. He's going up against a juggernaut. He's going up against whatever that team is that won, you know, 
there's so many state championships. I don't know what they are. Kentucky, who knows? I don't, I don't follow basketball, especially college basketball. So I don't know anything, but I do know that 1980s, Frank Miller, dark Knight, Frank Miller, uh, is a juggernaut, and he moves on to the Final Four. Um, next up, in the other side of the bracket, Brian Bolland against Dustin Wynn. This is where I associate Dustin Wynn and his style as being a Batman guy, and I think Brian Bolland just doing uh, really cool covers and maybe doing a couple Batman books that I've probably never read. Uh, you know, I think his luck runs out, but it's tight. This was a tough. This was a tough bracket. This side of the bracket was tough, at least. This top right side of the bracket was difficult for me because um, I'm not super familiar with mo- mo- most of their work. But Dustin Wynn for me takes this, and he's a he's a dark horse going into this Final Four. I'll tell you that right now. Nobody expected this. All right, and then the final matchup of the Elite Eight, you got Bruce Tim against Greg Capullo. This could be a finals matchup. You know, someone's someone's got to go, which is unfortunate. It's just the way it is. I got to go with Bruce Tim on this. Just, I love everything he does. I love everything Greg does as well. But Bruce Tim to me, just, he has, he is a definitive Batman artist in my mind. Uh, Greg Capullo, like I said, God, put him on an X, pay him whatever he wants to put him on an X-Men book, on a classic X-Men book that only has like, Seven characters. Let's not put them on one of these Krakoan books that has 30 characters and the team changes every two issues. Let's just put them a run on that or just give them an X-Force 90, you know, X-Force 99 book, you know, classic uh, 90s X-Force book and let them let them go ham, throw all the money at them, you know, and, and let's do it. All right. So your final four is Clay Man. No one expected that. Frank Miller. Everyone expected that. Dustin Wynn. What? And Bruce Tim. Uh, so in the first uh, conference matchup, we'll go uh, Western Conference because it's on my left on my bracket. Clay Mann against Frank Miller. This is tough, but I think this is where Clay Mann's run ends. You're running up against a juggernaut who in the 1980s defined Batman. And, and in 1986 kind of redefined comics and reset comics to be something totally totally new and kind of expanded them past what most people thought they could be prior to prior to dark Knight, A lot of people thought comics were just sort of like for kids and they're, you know, it's yellow oval Batman and it's gosh shucks. And it's, you know, uh, you know, campy Batman. Um, and then Frank Miller comes out and just proves that he could do anything with that character. And, uh, just like I said, just put the reset button. Um, so many people became writers after reading that book or, you know, wanted to write comics after reading Dark Knight. So Frank Miller, he's in the finals, and he was always going to be in the finals. Who are we kidding? Uh, Next up, we have uh, on the other side, on the Eastern bracket, Eastern Conference, we have uh, Dustin Wynn against Bruce Tim. Surprise, the the bell of the ball, Dustin Wynn. the The surprise entrance into the Final Four, Dustin Wynn against Bruce Tim. And again, just sometimes you're sometimes you run out. You hit a juggernaut of an entire gen. So, so if an entire generation of comic book readers in the '80s fell in love with Batman because of Frank Miller, an entire generation of just fans—not even co- people who read comics, but cartoon and comic fans—in the early '90s fell in love with Batman because of Bruce Tim. 
So it's just he was the juggernaut on this side of the bracket. So he moves on, has to. So now we have Frank Miller against Bruce Tim. Again, Bruce Tim, he made he did the he did the Batman the Animated Series, and he did some Harley Quinn. Uh, I think he did a Harley Quinn one shot that Paul Dini wrote, and he did some Batman black and white stuff, I believe. But I don't know how much how many comics he's actually drawn that are Batman comics. But he's just so iconic that he he makes the list. And again, Frank Miller had a, had a run of you know the iconic Batman story, the 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 Batman story people know. Um, so you got these two juggernauts who probably together haven't drawn more than 20 issues of Batman. Maybe I could be talking out of my ass. What, what do I know? Um, not much, but you know, it's, they're not like, uh, they're not like Norm Brayfogel who, who had a, a multi-year run on the book or, you know, Capullo who had a multi-year run on the book. These guys had short, they did short prestige projects or short, uh, personal projects kind of, uh, on Batman. But they're they're facing off. So you got Frank Miller, Bruce Tim. For me, for me, it's got to be Bruce Tim. I know people are going to be like, "That's crazy." Frank Miller's the guy, and for a lot of guy people, Frank Miller is the guy. But for me, it's it's Bruce Tim. He he influenced a whole generation of our, our whole uh, kind of school of art that I love, like Mike Oming. Uh, you got Bruce Tim. You got Darwin Cook. You got you know that style of Batman the animated series uh, permeates permeates Batman and and the way I draw Batman the way I draw Batman when I'm commissioned to draw Batman uh, it's based off the animated series you know I'm a huge fan of the Glenn Murakami design when they redesigned Batman for the fourth season of the animated series and or third season whichever when it switched but even that was based it's a modified version of Bruce Timm's design. And that's just an iconic design for me. It's the animated series uh, version of Batman. So for me, Bruce Tim gets it. Again, it, it's tough because I don't know how many comics he drew, but I'll tell you right now, if they announced a Batman ongoing or a Batman miniseries with Bruce Tim writing and drawing it, it would be the book of the year for me. I would be all over it. So that's kind of how I based my, my thought process going into this. Um, but again, I'll reiterate that if... If Lee Weeks was on this bracket, it would have been. It would have he would have run through the bracket. To me, Lee Weeks is my definitive Batman artist. Um, Bruce Timm's a close second, and uh, you know I always love '80s Frank Miller, that kind of stuff. So, you know, I hope no one's. Uh, hope no one's too upset with me. You know, I hope no one's uh, thinking about swatting me, right? No one, no one's going to call it in on me. Uh, I'm not going to get excommunicated from the comic book you know, the comic book, uh, you know, creators groups, you know, I'm going to have to sit at the green room when I get, when I get lunch, I'm going to have to sit at the, at the table by myself because no one wants to be seen with me because on illustrious gentleman episode 266, that's going to blow up and everyone's going to listen to it. Obviously. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I had Bruce Tim winning it, but what am I going to do? If you can't be honest with yourself, you can't be honest with anybody. So there we go. A tight 40 minute episode. We, we all got to where we needed to get to that Bruce Tim is awesome. And, and all these creators are awesome. All these guys are great. Uh, I recommend reading comics by any and all of these creators. And again, put Greg Capullo on an X-Men book. Uh, you know, put Kelly Jones on a horror book. I'm in. Put Clay Mann on a big superhero title. I'm in. 
gave give David Mazzuccelli a crime book. What you know, he does whatever he wants to do. But if he did like a crime book, I'm in. Alex Ross wants to further explore alternative universe superheroes. I'm all in on that. And uh, yeah, comics are fun. It'd be funner if I had a co-host. I tried people, but I, you know, I ran into things. I had friends from out of town, uh, so I was hungover slash tired slash just spread thin. Um, had a, had a, someone home sick yesterday, so I couldn't record yesterday. It's been a week. That's all. It's been a week. And next next week will be better. Uh, Everton, Everton got a point, big point, big point at Chelsea, huge. Young Ellis Sims. Scoring his first Premier League goal. Everton's in 15th. Another couple weeks of us being able to breathe a little bit. And uh, going down the home stretch, sports are about to get fun. You're going to get the playoff push and playoffs for hockey, playoff push and playoffs in basketball, end of the season push for uh, Premier League and world football. I'm excited about sports, and uh, I think you should be excited too. All right, so check out the Batman Book Club. If you just Google it, you can go to the Twitter account. You can see this bracket. I don't know. They're doing some voting on Twitter, but I don't trust the masses because they don't know. They're, they're, they don't know. They don't know what they're talking about. I do. I'm an expert, especially when it comes to uh, talking out of my asshole on a mic. Um, so the Bad Booch grapefruit is terrible. This is going to be, I think the, I think the dorks, the, the, the beer dorks call it a drain pour. This is going to be a drain pour all day. I'm pissed that I spent $350 on this can. Furious. Um, just awful. Tastes like, uh, I don't even know. If... Mm. Oh, just tastes. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even describe what the taste is, but it's god awful, man. Come, just stay the hell away from kombucha. You know, if you want something to work on your belly, get some get some live culture yogurt, you know. Uh, drink one of those yogurt drinks, a Yakult or something like that. You don't need to drink this fucking garbage kombucha drink. Um, luckily, I'm washing it down with the Topo Chico Margarita Tropical Pineapple Seltzer. And this is tasty. And I spilled it on myself. So with that, we'll see you guys on the next episode. 